Good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, Tony Defio. I apologize for being a few minutes late. I was having trouble logging on, having trouble fitting my title underneath the 100 character limit. So I apologize for, I usually, I'm, I'm pretty good about being right on time at nine o'clock, but this time it just didn't happen. And that's life sometimes. You just have to roll with the punches. And, uh, Good evening to everybody in the live chat. And before I continue, as always, I'd like to ask you to please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel where we bring you live shows each and every day. We have preview stuff, post-game stuff. We have the Hangover. We have the Scobro Show. We have Know Your Enemy. We have the Touchdown Under Show. There's just so many shows out there that we have. And uh, if you can't catch any of these shows live, and these live shows are also on Facebook, by the way, we have a great uh, Facebook presence, a lot, a lot of fans on Facebook, and you're probably seeing me right now. If you can't catch any of these shows live when they're being uh, uh, recorded, you can t- you can catch them after the fact on any audio platform. I enjoy iHeartRadio. Some people like iTunes. Some people just like wherever they can find them, wherever you can find, wherever you like to go to to listen to podcasts. You can find our stuff, and we also have audio only stuff that you can only find. Follow- only find on an audio platform, of course, and that includes Let's Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, the Live Mike with Michael Beck, the Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, the War Room with Maddie Peverall, uh, fr- from the Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict, and we have more of those. We have more shows. Uh, what he's talking about? So many shows, and it's a growing platform, and it's grown so much from a year ago at this time it, it's amazing the job that that brian anthony davis has done and jeff hartman and dave schofield and everybody associated with behind the steel curtain uh shannon white he's an, a, a great new voice the, the guy the, the uh the guys that, that, that do what he's talking about uh, great stuff from them just a lot of new stuff jeffrey benedict's new show is so informative so the guys from australia always do a great job representing over the Steeler Nation, Steeler World. So please give it, give it a listen. And, of course, check out Behind the Steel Curtain, the website. We bring you news, commentary, film breakdown, anything Steeler-related. We're always one of the first to bring it to you. Any kind, any, anytime there's breaking news, whatever, uh, you'll find it on Behind the Steel Curtain. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers' needs. And welcome, everybody, in the live chat. There's there's Jared Devil, who was the first one here. Kathy Ford, T-Money, Terry, my man Terry. I was just hanging out with him on Tuesday. Joseph Brown, Steelers Chick 46. George Teston, David Logan, Just Me, Steelers Pittsburgh. Arnie Beeson, Lumberzak, Russ Obenstein, Wes Hickok, who says Tony in all caps. So we didn't say that. He types it. So welcome, everybody, and I'm so glad you guys can join us tonight, and uh, let's talk about last Sunday's game. The Steelers finally got off the schneid. I was going to try to type schneid in, in, the, in the title. I, I, I gave Brian Anthony Davis, if he's listening, I gave him a whole different title, but I couldn't fit it under the character. I thought, I thought it'd be pretty cool. But anyway, I, I thought about typing schneid in, in the uh, title, but I said I better not uh, try to risk it. Because the internet doesn't let you forget that kind of stuff. But anyway, they got off the schneid last Sunday with a pretty thrilling 27-19 victory over the Broncos at Heinz Field. And it didn't really look like it was going to be that thrilling at the end. Uh, Pittsburgh had control 
uh, early in the fourth quarter. They were up 24 to six. And how they got to that point, that 24 to six lead, was, I think, a blueprint and, and to, to what they have to do on offense to be successful in 2021. And I think it, it was kind of what everybody had envisioned this past offseason when we talked about uh, this new offense under Matt Canada and with uh, a, a, a revamped offensive line and, and Ben Roethlisberger being 39 years old and Najee Harris, a new running back. What you want is is to be able to dominate a scrimmage, to be able to run the ball consistently. That way, Roethlisberger doesn't have to throw 50, 60 times a game. You can limit his throws. And if you limit a quarterback's throws, normally that's more effective in the NFL. And I think history more often than not bears that out. And he was 15 and 25 or gosh, I should have wrote this down. 253 yards, I believe. And uh, he averaged 10.1 yards per attempt. Uh, he had what? Two touchdowns, I believe. Anyway, the, the, the uh, yeah, he had two touchdowns. One to Deontay Johnson. My prep for this show. I did a ton of prep for this show, including last night at bowling. And, and I, I can't remember half the things I said. Anyway, that's what happens when, when you have five, six, seven minutes uh, to log. It takes you five, six, seven minutes to log on because your computer is so slow for whatever reason. So I'm, I'm, uh, as you can see, I'm, I'm frazzled. But anyway, he, he Ben opened up the game last week with a beautiful 50-yard touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson, similar to what, what happened against the Packers a week earlier, and Pittsburgh was up 7 nothing. The only question this time is, would they be able to, to take control of the game, or, or would they let the Broncos get back into it, much like they did the Packers? But to uh, thankfully, they... They did take control of the game. And I think what really set the tone on Sunday was after Roethlisberger was stripped of the football, I think it was still in the first quarter, and the Broncos recovered deep in Pittsburgh territory. When the Steelers limited Bron- the Broncos to a field goal and made, and made it a 7-3 game instead of a 7-7 game, I think that set the tone. And it let the visitors know that, hey, it's not going to be like it's been all year. Because the defense, for as good it's, as it's been the last couple of years, and you can blame injuries or whatever, but but uh, they have not responded well to to adversity in 2021. At least they hadn't up until Sunday. It seemed like any time that the the offense turned the ball over, especially in uh, in scoring territory, uh, it was more common for the for the defense to allow a field goal, or I'm sorry, a touchdown, than it was a field goal. But uh, Sunday was different, and and I think again that set the tone. And Pittsburgh took control from there. <clears throat> and again, they, they, excuse me, they, they jumped out to a 24 to six lead. And uh, Harris rushed for what? 122 yards. He averaged 5.3 yards to carry. And the line was magnificent. It really was. It was obviously their best performance of the year so far. Uh, ben had decent enough uh, time that he had de- decent enough protection he had plenty of time to throw in most cases. Yeah, he got hit a few times. He got hurried a few times, but uh, it was certainly the, the best that they did all year uh, against the run or blocking for the run. As again, Harris, he didn't just have to pick up tough yards. He had uh, lanes to run through, which was nice to see. So it, it was a great, great day for the line. I thought uh, Shooks of Corford did a great job against Von Miller. I, not that I think he did. He actually did that. 
that's a, that's a proven fact. He Von Miller was a, a non-factor in, in that game, and Von Miller was back to his old uh, defensive player of the year type self prior to Sunday's game. So for Shooks to do what he did, I think that that speaks volumes, and that's that that gives you hope that he he can finally get it. And what his fourth year now? Of course, Dan Moore Jr. was still holding down the left side. Uh, uh, Kendrick Green looked good. Kevin Dodson looked good. Uh, Trey Turner was a steady vet. So it was a really good day for the line, and and they need to be commended because they certainly have taken enough criticism uh, over the past uh, four or five weeks. So, um, and of course, at the end, the 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 Broncos came back in the fourth quarter. They put a couple of touchdown drives together. And uh, they were actually on the doorstep of potentially tying the game with seconds left when uh, when James Pierre intercepted Teddy Bridgewater's fourth down pass from the two-yard line. And that clinched a victory and gave the Steelers a much-needed win after a three-game slide. And it really felt good, I thought. And two and three looks a heck of a lot better than one and four. And it's only one game, but it's, it, it, I think it means it, it's, it's like night and day as far as, as uh, how you're feeling about the team now going into, into week six. So kudos to the Steelers for, for uh, have, having an offensive performance. Uh, like we said, they should have had all off season. Uh, the, the, the letting the, the running game control the, th- control the game and uh, having been, pass uh sporadically or not sporadically uh, um strategically and not uh be, because he's always playing from behind so that um when you when you when you when you're when you talk about the season up till now um you're basically reacting to each and every week Right. And, and, you know, amid that three game losing streak, you had a lot of people wondering, why are you being so critical? Why are you being so negative? Why, why, why is everybody such a doom and gloomer? Well, that's just how it is in sports. You know, um, when you're, you know, if, 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 if being a sports fan or a writer or a podcaster, or whatever you want to call me, if it's just about uh, showing patience and, waiting till the end of the year to evaluate things, then it would be pretty boring, wouldn't it? So you had to react to what you saw each and every week. And what we saw from this offense through the first four weeks was pretty darn alarming. And it was reflected in my commentary and the commentary of a lot of other people, both experts and fans and and amateur experts like me. So, but when you, when you take the, the five weeks now as a whole, when you take those f- first five weeks, you kind of see what people were talking about when they said, like people like Shannon White, when they say you have to be patient, you have to 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 realize that the offensive line is going to take its lumps. It's a it's a brand new line, with the exception of Shooks. It's a, it's 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 a it's a whole new unit from last year. So to expect them to to be this cohesive unit with a bunch of chemistry and knowing what one another is going to do from play to play and, and having this almost a non nonverbal communication that so many great lines uh, develop to expect that to happen uh, right away was probably foolish, unrealistic on our part. 
but now you see it. Certainly, may, perhaps may be coming into uh, uh, fruition, uh, becoming a reality. We saw it in Green Bay. The line played a much better game than it had been playing up until that point. Um, uh, Harris looked pretty decent uh, in that game. He, he didn't rush for a ton of yards, but he, he seemed more effective than he had been in the past. The only problem is uh, they were down by 17 points at one point in that game, and they kind of got away from the run, probably got away from the run earlier than they should have because it was a pretty close game up until late in the third quarter, I guess, or midway through the third quarter. But uh, you saw improvement in that game, and then you saw them improve even more in week five against the Broncos. So this is what people are talking about when they say you have to you have to allow for some growing pains with this offense. You have a new coordinator. You have a new offensive line coach. You have a, a – a 39-year-old quarterback who's learning a new system for the first time in, gosh, how, how, however many years. I mean, uh, they were using essentially the same system going back to Bruce Arians. It, it had been tweaked a lot with Haley and then Fickner, but it was still something that Ben was far more comfortable with than he is with the new stuff with, with Bad Canada. So, um, you know, you have a new coordinator, a new uh, – a veteran quarterback who was sort of set in his ways, a new line, you know, so it, it's a process, you know, and I can say after five weeks now, I kind of see the progress. It's, it, it, you know, you can't see it maybe week to week to repeat. You can't see it week to week if you're reacting to each performance in each game. But if you, if you can take five weeks as a whole and just evaluate it now, well, you kind of see, you kind of see some improvement and it's nice to see. And, that brings me to this Sunday night against the Seahawks. The Seahawks have, at last check, the 32nd best defense in the NFL right now. I think they're what? I wrote this down at bowling, so I should know this off heart, offhand. Uh, 30th against the pass, 31st against the run. If there's ever a time to continue to improve, on offense, it's Sunday night against the Seahawks at Heinz Field on Sunday night football with the whole world watching, essentially. So um, you can't take anything for, for granted, of course, but the Seahawks on paper have a pretty bad defense, and they've shown it through the first five weeks. So this is a, a really big opportunity for Pittsburgh on Sunday to to continue to, to make strides and continue to, to prove that that what this offense was over the first month it's not what it's going to be as the season progresses. You know, you have to show at some point that you could be a, a, a an explosive, potent offense. Now, I'm not talking about 35, 40 points a game. I'm talking about kind of what you did last week against the Broncos. You have to be able to show that you can do that on a rather consistent basis uh, in order for people to start to gain confidence that, that this thing is going somewhere. You know, that, that Matt Canada has something um, – going for him as a coordinator in the NFL as uh, that, that, that the line can actually maybe be a, a strength one day. So you have to, you have to continue to improve. And this is the, a game that's ripe for that. So it's incumbent upon them to come out on Sunday and put on a good show. And if they use the same blueprint that they did against the Broncos, uh, sort of relying on the run, uh, establishing the run, being consistent with the run, uh, opening up holes for, for Harris, 
utilizing him much like they, they utilized Le'Veon Bell for years. Like I, I've been saying, he seems like he can be that kind of running back that you can utilize not just as a workhorse, uh, giving him 25, 30 carries a game, or at least 20 or 25, but also as a weapon out of the backfield. You have to build this offense around Najee Harris. That's just going to make Ben better. That's just going to make the receivers better. That's just going to make the, the the line have to respect, or I'm sorry, the defense have to respect things other than just uh, taking away the short pass. So um, you you have to come out and you have to you have to impose your will, so to speak, on the Seahawks on Sunday night football. And they're of course going to be without Russell Wilson. Talk about bearing the lead, right? We've we've known for a while that he's going to be out with uh, after having surgery on his finger. He's going to miss this game, and it's a prime opportunity for the defense to uh, to reestablish some dominance. Geno Smith is a nice veteran backup, but that's really all he is, and that's all he's ever been in the NFL is a decent, if that, veteran backup. He's got a great arm. Uh, he's been he's been around the league, so I'm sure he. He has no problem learning a new system, but he's still a backup. And he's not Russell Wilson. They're worlds apart as far as ability and, and accomplishments. So if you're the Steelers, you have to take care of business against this guy on, on Sunday Night Football. And um, quite frankly, I, I feel good about this game, like really good, like better than I've felt about any game so far this year. I haven't, I've, I've failed to uh, include my, uh, my prediction in the staff picks yet. That's my bad. I probably would have did that tonight if I wasn't so, uh, if I wasn't struggling so much trying to get logged on. But uh, anyway, if you, when you read my uh, part portion of the predictions on Sunday, be prepared for a, a blowout prediction. Cause I think that's what it's going to be. I'm thinking something like 28 to 10, which is not a huge blowout, but for this Steelers team, that would be a pretty big blowout. So that's what I'm looking for, like 28, 10, 31, 13, somewhere in that ballpark. And uh, it's going to be a fun night. And it's going to be a great, in my opinion, I'm just pre- predicting that. And it's going to be a great way to enter, to enter the bye. And speaking of changing the perception, if you go into the bye at three and three, coming off of two really impressive wins, which it would be back-to-back impressive wins if they beat the Seahawks the way I think they can beat the Seahawks on Sunday, then it changes everything as far as what people think of this team heading into Cleveland after the bye. Um, and you know, again, it'll give them two weeks to to get healthier. It'll give them two weeks to to figure out more things about this offense, what direction they want to go, um, what really works, what maybe they can eliminate, at least for the time being or for the remainder of the 2021 campaign. So you go into the break at three and three, and I think that changes how a lot of people feel. And I know I'll feel a lot better about things if they if they can uh, get to 500. Because I think a lot of people were fearing as a week ago at this time, as I was doing this podcast, that they would they could very easily be one and five going into the bye. So it would be a, 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 a huge, a huge thing for them to be at 500 after six weeks. And then you take it from there. So um, 
this is a huge game on Sunday. It's not life or death, but I think it's it, it can go a long way in shaping how the rest of the 2021 campaign is going to go. Three and three, you're feeling good about, at the very least, still c- contending for a, a playoff spot or maybe even more because they only have one divisional game under their belt so far. It was a loss, but they still have five more divisional games to play, so who knows? I mean, they would be, at worst, two games back with still 11 games to play, so... Uh, good luck to the Steelers on Sunday. I'm I'm looking for a big a big win and, and a a very celebratory night for Steeler Nation, City of Pittsburgh, everybody. So, on that note, uh, at the 2047 mark, I will take this time to say goodbye to the first half of tonight's show. But if you're watching me live on YouTube or Facebook, please don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. If you're listening on an audio platform, I thank you for downloading part one of this show. But please come back, hurry up back, and as bad grammar, hurry back by downloading part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. Mm-hmm.